politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard our liberty to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house, chomping at the bit to get the truth to you, the patriot. It's Thursday, March 18th. We have a lot to catch up on because we've had a lot of terrific guests the last uh, two days. Just unbelievable shows. If you haven't heard them, make sure you go back and listen to Tuesday and Wednesday shows. I mean, yesterday we had on probably the best presentation we've ever had on about COVID treatment for it, how government is committing genocide by blocking it. But, you know, folks, I want to talk about a couple things today, really a lot of different things. I don't even know what the theme is going to be yet because I just have so much to say and so little time because I'm running a little bit late today um, and there's a lot on the agenda, but I wanted to make sure I didn't skip today's show. But, um, you know, to me... When I'm watching this woman in Galveston, Texas, yes, Red America, being arrested, being arrested for not wearing a mask, yet illegal aliens and criminal aliens could just trounce through our, traipse through Texas. When criminals could be released, we might talk about this later. New York Times now admits we had the most murders in the country last year. Since 1995. You put that together and you have a country that no longer has a shred of legitimacy left. A government that does not derive its powers from the consent of the governed. Does, that does not even try, even in their own convoluted way, to pursue justice and liberty in a way that is in line with the purpose of government, the social compact, why we cede power to a government. What they're supposed to do, they don't do. And what they mustn't do, they do. So I want to set the stage with that just, just to make the point that I'm sick of this rank intellectual sophistry from certain corners of conservatives that like we, we are being crushed by the most tyrannical, harmful government and any idea some of us propose to do anything about it, it's like, well, Daniel, I don't know if you could do that. Is that lawful? Is that constitutional? Is everything they're doing constitutional? We have to retire conservatism, not as an ideology, but as a strategy. We need to be revolutionaries, and it's time to, to face that music. I'm just sick of that. But anyway, with all that murder and mayhem, with government not protecting us, you have nothing but to protect yourself with your God-given rights. Now, one of the things that's happening now is guns are hard to come by and ammo is almost impossible. It's a fortune. But if you have that, a lot of people don't pay attention to holsters. Now, some of you who have joined me on our Patriot Academy trips, constitutioncoach.com, if you want to sign up for our next one, April 25th, to actually learn how to properly defend yourself with a handgun, you're going to see that the right holster is everything. How to draw quickly and safely, and obviously keep it secure and safe. It, that's going to make the difference between whether you could pass a front sight's defensive handgun course test. It's a hard test. 
but um, they, they train you for it. It's all about having the right holster. And while the prices have gone up for many other gun accessories, you could still get a We The People holster at $40, starting at $40, thousands of options, um, custom prints, easily adjustable, very comfortable, all made in America. They also have uh, tactical gun belts and some cool shirts as well. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Every holster and gun belt come with a lifetime guarantee. It's fully refundable. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. And then get an additional $10 off with the offer code CR. So wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Offer code CR. Get yourself defended now. Because government ain't doing it for you. But there's a lot to go over. A lot to go over here. And, you know... It just, one of our Texas team leaders, you know, because we're we're working on the Texas team, he just uh, sends me a note. Caleb, I'm, I'm looking at this now, where basically he's like, he's running into a lot of these so-called conservatives telling him he's wrong to you know, advocate for denying businesses the right to force people to wear a mask. I don't like masks, but you can't tell a business what to do. I'm not going to play that game. You can't have a scenario where every aspect of businesses are regulated, and then this past year they're shut down, and shut down over a government mandate to wear a mask, backed by government lies and censorship, And then now it's to the point where you can't even obtain any goods and services without it. And somehow, that's the one thing we're going to be principled on. That's not principle. That's sophistry. I'm sick of that. You can't continue to play a game where they could use the power of government when they have control somewhere to violate the social contract, the social compact, the declaration, and every one of the Bill of Rights. And then they get a certain societal economic outcome that only flows as a result of that, those those constitutional breaches. And then somehow we're just like, man, we can't use power any way to push that back. No, we have the right not to lock people up on our own, We're not talking about finding businesses or anything, but just to give people, you have that right. You have a basic human right. Again, could a business say you could walk in buck naked? And don't tell me, yeah, theoretically, I believe they should. Because we haven't had that in our country for 200 years, okay? So, like, don't, you know, I'm not going to be constrained to 1789 libertarianism and fighting their... uh, 2021 North Korean tyranny. But there, there, there's a lot of that going on. And it drives me nuts. I'm seeing in all these legislatures, oh, Daniel, I don't know. It's past the deadline when we could file legislation. Well, I'm like, that's like a chamber rule. It's not even the state constitution or statute. It's like a chamber rule. Who cares? Oh, well... You know, the state constitution, you know, so, so there's something interesting that happened. Again, I wasn't even planning on going in this direction, but I'm so ticked off. Um, Ohio passed SB 22, and basically it will allow them to, you know, nullify any 
emergency order after 30 days, but more importantly, vote down any specific policy restriction or anything that the governor mandates as a result of that emergency immediately upon promulgation of it. It's not a perfect bill, but it's darn impressive that they were able to get veto-proof majorities to support it. Because in most other states, we can't even get them to pass weaker bills with simple majorities to rebuke the rhino governors. So I give the authors of that bill credit, and I know one of them in the Ohio Senate. He did a good job. You know, and now they could always do more hardcore things than the bill with a simple majority. But they couldn't initiate the hardcore things because they wouldn't have had three-fifths. And everyone's emailing me like there's this one supposedly really conservative guy who voted against it because he felt that it, it violates the state's constitution to say that they could vote something of the governor down with a concurrent resolution because typically you need the governor's signature. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't know Ohio well enough, and frankly, it's not worth my time. I don't know whether that's true or not. But even if it is true, I don't give a darn. Because here's the deal. If a governor could rape our life, liberty, and property, violate the first, fourth, fifth, and fourteenth amendments every day of the week, if he could unilaterally legislate, if faceless, nameless, health department, loser, dirtbags could legislate unilaterally without any concurrent jurisdiction requirement to get input from the legislature 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, then you know what? We have the right to march those vermin out of office by gunpoint and hang them. But because obviously we don't want to do that, and we want to do this in a more stable way, we're going to use a legitimate institution of the legislature and we'll pass a concurrent resolution. But that's only if they have a constitutional policy. We don't like it, but it's the law. Well, you need to undo that with a lawful process. It goes to the legislature, has to go to the, go to the governor for a signature. But it's like, let's say they say, Fourth Reich, we're rounding up all the Jews. I don't know. We're rounding up the Jews, okay? Do you, and, and we're like, okay, let's pass a concurrent resolution from the legislature um, voting that down. Well, Daniel, I don't know. It might violate the state constitution because, uh, you know, uh, you need a governor's signature. What? Are you retarded or something? You shut down businesses without the legislature so we can unshut them down with the legislature. Now, speaking of small business, folks, what if I told you as your small business is hurting and you need to save as much money as you can get because you guys aren't getting this PPP money, that you can get an HR manager that often, I don't know, that $60,000, $70,000 salary, you can get it for about $1,200 a year. Well, Bambi has you covered. HR issues can literally kill you. The wrongful termination suits, minimum wage, labor regulations. Yes. Not... Your lack of ability to require someone in your store wearing a mask. No, that's not going to kill you. <laughs> All the other stuff that the conservative sophistry people don't uh, jump on. Bambi, and that's B-A-M-B-E-E, -E, has created a specific small business plan for you. 
So basically, when you sign up with them for just $99 a month, they give you a designated English-speaking person. So it's not like you call into some black hole and you get a different Indian each time. No, you have a specific person assigned to your um, business. So they, they have background knowledge on everything you're doing, continuity of observations, from onboarding to terminations. They customize your policy to fit your business month to month. No hidden fees. Cancel anytime. 99 bucks a month. Um, again, this is great. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help get your free HR audit today. So you could apply for an audit today. doesn't cost you anything. Go to Bambi.com slash conservative right now to schedule your free audit. That's Bambi.com slash conservative spelled BAM with the B, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash conservative. But that's where we are. I don't want to hear that somehow you could shut down businesses, but then the legislature can't open them up. And speaking of of uh, intellectual sophistry, so it's interesting. This is another classic example. You, you're, you guys are going to love this. So a lot of you saw yesterday that Governor DeSantis had a press conference announcing that he's barring critical race theory curricula from the public schools in Florida. So basically, you can't teach that America sucks, America's racist, and anti-white propaganda, which is what it is. But a lot of people don't realize, and, and, and Iowa passed, Iowa's House passed a similar bill and included the sex baiting, race baiting, all that stuff. New Hampshire... There's a governor on the other side. Now, he's allegedly a Republican. His name is Chris Sununu. Now, the House, they didn't even pass it yet, but they they have a lot of support. The majority leader supports it. HR or HP 544. And it basically bars all divisive curriculum. So any playing men against women, races against each other, all that garbage is out. Really well-written bill. And Chris Sununu gets up there and says he's going to veto the bill. He tells uh, New Hampshire Public Radio at, at, a, at some sort of a town hall, he's going to veto it because, I, you know, we might not like the curriculum, but you can't block people's First Amendment. First Amendment. Think about how they use the Constitution against us. This is a dirtbag that just got finished spending a year violating the free speech and free movement of private entities, okay? So much so that two weeks ago, when the legislature voted to zero out his his fees, he said, just like the sophists were like, hey, you guys are encouraging law-breaking. They're breaking my law, meaning the governor is now the lawmaker, not the legislature. But yet when it comes to public school, suddenly the teachers have a First Amendment right to teach anti-Americanism and racism. Right? Suddenly, that's their right. Now, schools are kicking out kids for all sorts of things. You don't have a First Amendment right to breathe, breathe free without a face covering on children. Dirtbags. But you're telling me, Sununu, there's a First Amendment right for a teacher to teach racism. Hey, buddy, you could exercise your First Amendment right 
and talk about how you hate whites all you want. But if you are hired in a government-run school, well, buddy, and this is important, I don't believe in government-run schools. I never did. But if we're going to have them, I'm sick of this phony conservative passive strategy of they get to mandate racist teaching and we can't mandate pro-American teaching. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Now again, what would be unprincipled and wrong is to say we're going to mandate on private entities they can't teach anti-white propaganda. Now mind you, if they taught anti-black propaganda, they would get in trouble even as private entities, but I'll leave that aside. But as a public school, if they can use a federal, a, a government entity, whether it's a, um, a government agency or a school, to promote an ag- their agenda, we could promote our agenda. It's fair game. The notion that our founding fathers believed that the government was neutral non-biased in in pro-Americanism and values is nonsense. (laughs) Boy, is that nonsense. It's just like this rank intellectual libertarian sophistry. They get libertarian or conservative all at the wrong time in the wrong place. Every time. But anyway, that's that. I just had to get that out of my system. So um, that bill is a big deal, and, and, and we need to be focusing on that. But there's something more important here also. What I think this reveals is that the conservative movement doesn't want action. They don't want outcomes. They want talking points. So they want to clean. They like a victim talking. You see, they're, they're, the conservatives like being victims. They're, look at what they're doing to me. Oh, no, I don't want to do that to them. I don't think that's nice. I don't think it's fair. I don't think we should tell businesses what to do. I don't think we should tell public schools what to do. It doesn't work that way. I'm sick of talking points to nowhere. Aimless Empty talking points. And we're finding this a lot at the border, too. Let's talk about the border a little bit. I'm just going to go round robin. So, you know, even with conservatives focusing on now, most of my colleagues are like, well, you know, uh, Biden's putting kids in cages. Like, they're focusing on the humanitarian aspect. It's like, well, focus on the action item. Demand Title 42. Demand that Republicans filibuster in the Senate the budget bill unless he turned them back. And then moreover, we're going to talk about our action items at a state level. Block it. Don't don't just talk about it and don't just talk about it from like, oh, the Democrats are 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 you know less mindful of the humanitarian needs of illegals than we than than Trump is. That's not the point. What? So you want to release even even more of them? This is what it always is, is a talking point. I I do want to get back to the border. I just want to continue this train of thought. Another example I'm just thinking of is John Kerry. You know, yesterday everyone's been all over the fact that John Kerry was caught on an American Airlines flight out of Boston without his mask on reading a book on the plane. 
And I get it. It's a nice talking point. I myself pointed it out. And if you're like me, that you have fought and tried to move heaven and earth to fight the mass mandates from day one, particularly on children, then it's fine to point it, point it out. But there's a whole nother bunch of conservatives that are silent on the issue or downright sometimes a little bit supportive, but they just grab onto, you see, you see, but uh, Kerry's not doing it. I don't, my goal is not to get American Airlines to start investigating that and get him to wear it. The goal is to therefore discredit it that none of us should be wearing it. I want the outcome. I don't want a cheap talking point. This is what I can't stand from this loser conservative movement. I cannot stand it. It drives me nuts. Um, but that's, that's, that's where we are. That's where we are. But anyway, back to the border. And this ties into the failure of conser- the conservative movement to utilize their areas. You know, how we could have Galveston, Texas, where people are being arrested for not wearing a mask. I'd like to know who the sheriff is there. I know our East Texas team that we just got started up, at least with a few people, we have like 140 people signed up for Texas. We're going to divide it into four different teams, and I'm sure that's going to grow over time. But, you know, we're all over that. This is the type of thing I want to do. Not just raise awareness, but change the policies behind it. Pressure the heck out of them. So the Texas legislature is another them, one of them. Republicans are and conservatives are focused on cheap talking points on the Democrats when they're not in the majority in, in Washington. But one of the most p- important places where Republicans have the governorship and both houses of the legislature is Texas. It's the second biggest state, and it's, and, and it's the most important border state. There's a lot we can do. There's two important bills I want to draw your attention to. But without our efforts to push them, they will not come to fruition. So number one is the border wall bill. I've talked a lot about that. That is HB 2862. Brian Slayton, a freshman member. Okay? So this guy... Brian has a bill to have Texas build the border wall. This is not just important policy, but could galvanize the nation, the other red states, the other Trump voters, get Trump involved, a rallying cry, draw more attention to embarrassing Biden and making it an inflection moment, making it the inaugural impetus event to start getting red states involved in immigration enforcement. And connected with that is another bill, SB 1254 by Senator Hall, to start creating an inner, for Texas to work with other states to create an interstate compact to work together. And and it works in with this other bill because one of the things you could do is help crowdsource funds for the wall, but other, other things as well. We could start doing enforcement. This is what we need to do. Daniel, Daniel, is our states allowed to enforce? I don't know. I thought they're not allowed to. Well, buddy, if the federal government could work with the cartels to violate our sovereignty, and if California and New York could thwart and criminalize enforcement of federal immigration law, then you better believe a sovereign state could protect their people from freaking criminal aliens. I'm sick of the sophistry. This is why we lose. 
Because when we have power, we get shy. So I want to talk about what's connected here. What's connected. And that is basically there are several committees that this border bill in Texas could run through in the legislature. Ironically, one of them might, one of the committees it might have to go through is a committee with a Democrat chairman. Now, you might ask me, wait, Daniel, I thought Republicans control the legislature. Guess what? Half the chairmanships are given to Democrats. That's what Republicans do. It's ironic that it was Brian Slayton who raised a motion on the first day of the session to actually get rid of that. And he was voted down, of course, by leadership, and leadership hates him now because of that. So now his bill might get torpedoed. But even the first committee was sent to state affairs. And for those of you in Texas, that is chaired by Chris Paddy, P-A-D-D-I-E. I will tell you, he is not a good guy. He is not a good guy. And from what I'm hearing, almost all the Republicans on that committee are weak. This bill will not go through. Do you understand? I, I want to freeze frame and really drive home the purpose of ConAction.network. ConAction.network, the website for Constitution Action Network. Dividing this audience into strike force teams by state and in Texas by region to bang away at the good things that can and should and need to be done and pressure the right people, raise awareness to the ideas and the legislative proposals and the talking points. This is not some obscure idea. This bill it cuts to the core of Trump's most notorious number one campaign issue that has defined his presidency. And everyone's crying. Trump is not president. The border wall can't get built now. What if I told you you could have Arizona and Texas build most of it? This should be the top thing. Why am I the only one promoting a random state legislator's bill? But it's not a random issue. It's the top issue around. And it's the, the, the best way of implementing it and embarrassing Biden. I can't do it alone. But if the big hitters would not just focus on it, but start getting in the in the weeds and naming these committee chairmen, naming the speaker in Texas, and pressuring, we would get it done. You get, I don't have it in with Trump. These other guys do. You get him on the case, that wall will get built. And people will crowdsource for it. Trump could probably raise enough money that Texas wouldn't even have to pay for it out of state funds. But this is why we need ConAction.network. It's this type of stuff that I'm going to identify. I'm going to have the good guys in each chamber call me up and and tell me the things that I need to watch out for. Likewise, I'm going to call them up and push my ideas that I think they need to push. And then you guys in your respective states are going to light a fire under them. Light a fire under them and start naming names. This is what we fail to do all the time. We don't do anything with the power. This is the problem. I don't want to hear about the 2022 elections to win back Congress. They're not doing it in like, there's at least 25 states where Republicans have greater majorities than they could 
ever hope to get in Congress. And there's about 30 states where they currently have bigger majorities where they could hope to get next election in Congress. Okay? And still, very few victories here and there. If we get it, it's on one bill. If we get it, it's in one chamber in a few states, but never in both in most states. That's what's going on right now. It's truly unbelievable. Because we have a movement that has been conditioned to complaining and talking points and not doing cheap talking points. And we're so caught on this like white knight on a horse, like, oh, it's got to look beautiful and I have to have the best talking points. It's all about talking points. I need the talking point. You're against business. No, I'm not mandating on them. No, I'm not breaking any laws. I'm not breaking the Constitution. I mean, it's like these are the guys that are like, they remind me of people that would be thrown in a concentration camp in Poland or something under the Nazis. I'm not saying they existed. I'm giving a hypothetical. I'm not saying it happened. I'm sure it really didn't happen. And they had an opportunity to cut the fence and escape, and they wouldn't do it because I don't want to vandalize the um, the state property. <laughs> I just I, I can't deal with people like that. Frankly, even my solutions are very modest relative to where we stand in the country right now. So that's where we are on that. And by the way, I just want to note here that, you know, when, when I'm talking about the border, I was speaking with someone who would know in Arizona yesterday. They said that seven out of 10 births in Yuma are from across the border. Seven out of 10 births are people that violate our sovereignty and drop a baby here. You, As I wrote in my book, Stolen Sovereignty, you cannot, could not have conjured up a greater violation of the underpinnings of a just government than what our government is doing to us. And people are still questioning about what we should do about it. Well, can we do this? Can we do that? It's got to be all of the above. But the reality is, as I'm surveilling these legislatures, I'm seeing the need to really focus because there's very few of them. You have a random good bill here or there that passes one chamber. Most of the states are, are not doing enough, not really doing anything to rein in COVID fascism, follow the science, hold hearings. And a handful of states, you have like the House that's good and the Senate's bad. That's, that's the case in Idaho. And then, I mean, you got the Chamber of Commerce pushing garbage. This is where we need to focus. Now, by the way, what's interesting is you have this one bill I noticed that's passing everywhere, the limited liability, because the Chamber of Commerce supports it. They love COVID fascism, but they just don't want the liability to be sued for getting COVID. But the dirty little secret is a lot of these bills are actually weakening current law. Because under current law, could you sue someone for getting the flu? Accuse them of giving you the flu? No. 
So this, these bills, and they, they vary by state, they actually codify into law your ability to sue for COVID, but just limit it. Classic, classic Republican rope-a-dope. And another example of this was out in Kansas. Unbelievable. I forgot the numbers, but Republicans have are able to veto the Democrat governor by a mile. It's one of those states, like like Kentucky, very similar to Kentucky. You have a Democrat governor, but super majorities in the legislature, so they can make the governor irrelevant. What do they do? They they pass a law. This is from KVOE. The state's COVID-19 emergency declaration has been extended as part of changes to Kansas' Kansas's Emergency Management Act. The Kansas Senate voted 31 to 8, and the House voted 118 to 5 in favor of SB 40. This extends the disaster declaration to May 28th while ending all statewide COVID-19-related mandates, mass mandate included, on March 31st. Okay, March 31st. Now, what it doesn't do is end the local ones. So if you don't end the local ones, it's meaningless. That's number one. And number two, SB 40 says only school boards have the authority to take action. But that's the whole problem. They're forcing the kids. Republicans won't fight the issue of our time. Kids being masked. You could not get better talking points if that's what you're looking for. Better science, better data than on that issue. They won't fight it. And basically, basically what the bill does is it codifies into law a governor's ability. So in return for getting rid of this, you know, and even then it's kind of weak sauce, they didn't terminate the authority in the future. So what you basically have is they actually wrote a bill that allows the governor to do this stuff for a certain amount of time. And I'm forgetting the amount of time, but the point is, like, it explicitly says you could do this stuff, but don't do it for this time. Because right now, it's unconstitutional. You can't do any of it. They're saying these statutes give them authority. They don't. So another thing we have to watch out with is just weakening of statute. Now, I want to do just a couple of other just quick things here in our remaining time. I don't have much time today. But one of the things that I'm pushing, and it needs to be a general action item for us in our Liberty Strike Force teams, just beyond COVID, is we need a certain bill introduced in, in the states to allow legislators, or actually the opposite, to require that any regulation promulgated by the executive branch above a certain threshold of impact or it affects personal liberties or a certain fiscal cost requires affirmative support from the legislature to have it ratified. Otherwise, it doesn't have the force of law. Meaning there's no way we could fight block by block like taking back Gaza 
to try to fight all this stuff. You need a systemic reform like that, that they can't do any of this stuff. So that's with that. Um, couple couple quick items. OSHA. So OSHA is is yelping about my article. How dare I attack them? There's droplets. Masks work for droplets. Dude, Michael Osterholm, the top Biden epidemiologist. I don't know if he still works for him, but he did before. He made it very clear what I said. That remember aerosols these things that we breathe it's like cigarette smoke in a room is how this virus largely is transmitted once you establish that premise masks are worthless now we see they're worthless we don't need to speculate because we have a year of this anyway but that's the story and by the way ron DeSantis had a round table with gupta and Calderoff and um, Dr. J and Scott Atlas, and they talked about all this. The only governor to do this. He literally goes through all the issues. How they don't work, so hopefully he'll be taking the next step on masks, going after school boards and things like that. But the point is, talking points aren't good enough. You look at what we have done to children. The folks at American Institute for Economic Research wrote an article. This was uh, Micah Gartz. That there are more COVID suicides than deaths among kids. Think about that. Think about that. Before COVID, an American youth died by suicide every six hours. Okay. It's a major problem these days. You know, we've got a lot of problems with depression. And um, it was always a big problem. But now it's gotten really bad. The median age, not the average, but the middle, the median. You know, median is not average. I was t- teaching my son this <coughs> in yesterday's uh, <coughs> math lesson. The median COVID death is 80. Okay? It's 80. That's life expectancy. Yet what we're doing is cutting short the lives of children at such a young age. Truly unbelievable. Truly, truly unbelievable. It's shocking, actually. Absolutely shocking. So he has a whole calculation proving this. That there are more suicide deaths than COVID deaths. That, that's pretty obvious. Now, speaking of that, you know an interesting point here. So you know what's funny? CDC has now put out that there are over 1,900 reported deaths from the vaccine. And mind you, nothing is a COVID death, is a vaccine death. Everything's a COVID death. If we counted it the same way, boy, would we have a lot. But even that's a lot. I'm not saying that alone makes the vaccine not worth it, but I am saying it's shocking how they're lying to people and really covering up that information. Southern Illinois coroner 
This is from KMOX. Southern Illinois coroner claims state's COVID death totals are inaccurately inflated. Inaccurately inflated. It's from March 15th. A man whose job is to know the cause of death says Monroe County hasn't had as many COVID deaths as the state claims. Monroe County coroner, coroner Bob Hill says the state health department is inflating the number of local COVID deaths, adding in people who died of other things. The red flag that I'm raising in the <coughs> is the Illinois Department of Public Health numbers on COVID deaths is not an accurate number, Hill said. We've reviewed several of these cases. The decedent has no condition at the time of death that would warrant a COVID death, yet the state is still putting those statistics in COVID death. He cites examples of people who died of stroke, heart attack, or drug overdose, all being included in the state's COVID death totals, even though they died months after they had COVID. He thinks the problem may be that when someone tests positive for COVID, they get on the state list. If that person dies later, well, that's a COVID death. But again, notice we don't do that anyone who's vaccinated. Imagine if we had that same standard. Anyone who's vaccinated, and remember, we're vaccinating <clears throat> a lot of very old people. <clears throat> so you'd have a lot of vaccine deaths. I'm not saying they all would be legit. I'm just saying what's good for the goose is good for the gander. It's kind of interesting, the dichotomy. And he raises the question is, if if this is what he's seeing in his county, what are they statewide? So that's what that there. Very important issue. Very, very important issue. One other point here. <clears throat> Stockholm. There's a story where Stockholm... School sends pupil home for wearing face masks. This is awesome. This is based. A mother has told the local her 13-year-old son was banned from attending classes at an international school in the Stockholm region until he agreed to remove his mask he was wearing. She's now complaining to the local municipality. Linus decided to wear a face mask when he returned to class at the British International School uh, Stockholm. Um, the school teaches around 550 children. I decided to wear a mask at school. The first lesson goes fine with it on, but then in the beginning of lesson two, the teacher asked me to take my mask off, and I, of course, say that I didn't want to because of coronavirus. Linus said he was then made to wait, isolated in a room for three hours before his mother, Sarah Jefford, a wine educator, a wine educator, whatever that means, grew up in Switzerland, was able to pick him up. I was fuming. I am deeply shocked by these measures, and I find it unacceptable. Well, you know what? We're deeply shocked by the other way around. And again, this has more science behind it. They spread it more. They spread germs more. And you can't freaking teach like that. So good for them. You know, what I like about this, I never thought I'd be praising Sweden. You know, that, that was the socialist bastion. But there are eons ahead of America now. But this gets back to the theme of today's show. Somehow when our guys are in power, we get all shy. Like everyone I know, even if they hate masks, but they have an event at their home, not only don't they ban it, they they um, they themselves wear it to kind of fit in and make people feel comfortable. We're always worried about that. We're in a war. If I have an event or something, I ban. I say you're not allowed to wear a mask. And I'll be honest with you. It gets back to belief. 
the bottom line is our people aren't as conservative as the left is leftist. They don't believe in it enough. They're a little bit diffident. They're a little bit unsure about their views. And this is what's so devastating. So anyway, I know I left a lot on the table today um, that I wanted to go over, but I got to run because I'm running later today. You can always email me at dhorowitz at blazemedia.com. Make sure to sign up at conaction.network for our Liberty Strike Force teams. And if you want the best vacation of your life, best handgun training, best collaboration with other patriots, and to meet yours truly, you could sign up at, at uh, constitutioncoach.com for our front site defense training in front site Nevada, April 25th. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.